0: Do you feel guilty about charging for your products and services in a company that you have or a company that you're starting? You're listening to The Company of One. This is episode number 113, and today we're talking about how to get your head around charging a, the proper amount for the products and services that you offer into the market. Welcome to The Company of One podcast podcast. Featuring Dale Callahan, dedicated to helping you find freedom in life and with your career. Learn how to not only increase your income, but take control of the income you acquire. Let's ignite that inner entrepreneur in you. Now, welcoming your host, Dale Callahan. And welcome. It's great to have you here with me today. no matter what you're doing, whether you're running or you're driving. Uh, I know I listen to podcasts. I tend to do it probably while I'm driving more than anything. Uh, So glad to have you here. Hope that this uh, adds value. The, uh, The thing that I want to focus on every time I engage uh, somebody else like myself, like you, is how to help you grow your income, how to help you have passion, purpose at work, no matter where your work is. So uh, hopefully we're going to be able to do that today. Talking about the issue about charging for money, charging money for products and services, something a lot of people uh, that I work with well, heck, almost everybody I work with, they struggle. It's And it comes in a couple of different ways, and we'll talk through those here in a minute. But I am right now, and a lot of this content is coming from the group I'm working with in the Building Your Own Business. You can go to DaleCallahan.com, Building Your Own Business, uh, DaleCallahan.com, B-Y-O-B, Building Your Own Business, and uh, you, you find out about the course. Uh, and it's a it's a course with a bunch of lessons in it that really walks you step-by-step step from I have no idea what to do to uh, I've got revenue coming in. And that's, you know, I, I'm pretty real. I don't try to get into things, uh, a lot of theoretical things. I try to get down to how do you make the money flow? Because, you know, you're not a business until you make money flow. You're just really talking. Uh, so... That course is delCallahan.com, Dale, B-Y-O-B. Uh, go try it out. Go check it out. Uh, right now I'm doing things. I'm coaching a, a group that's with the course that's actually signed up for the coaching program. So uh, it's awesome. I met with, uh, I'll meet with some of them tonight uh, as I'm recording this. I met with a different group last night. So it, it's awesome, though, to kind of hear people struggle. So think about yourself. What is it you are struggling with at work? What are you struggling with in your career? What are you struggling with to make money? And in particular, the subject we wanna hit today is what are you struggling with on making money with what you do? So let's talk through that. Do you feel guilty about making money? I'm just gonna lay it out there like that. Do you feel guilty? That's what it is. We feel guilty about charging money for our products and services. That's all that it is to it. You know, we can whitewash that any way we want. So you need to get in your head that that's what you're dealing with. If you're feeling like, hey, I need to go out and offer something in the in the market, uh, so I need to, uh, but I need to charge for that. And because I, I don't have a business if I'm not charging, and no, nah, it's just a struggle. It's guilt. It's just guilt. So let's talk, let's talk through what this is about. Um, the groups I've been working through, one of the most common things I get is, is, and we will kind of talk through this. When do you encounter the guilt messages? What are the guilt messages? And how do you replace those messages? It's kind of a simple formula. Um, and by the way, this never goes away for entrepreneurs. I have yet to meet an entrepreneur that doesn't struggle with pricing, with charging, uh, with how much to charge. Uh, they act like they get over it and they act like they get past it, but it's it's a constant struggle. So one of the things we have to do is replace our thoughts. Uh, so where does it come from? Let's just talk through this. Where do you get these doubt feelings from? Where do you get these guilt feelings from? And it comes in a couple of in two different places. One is when you're doing research and development. Now I know we use that term research and development for large companies. They're doing research and development, you know, on new products and services. And you got the white guys and gals in the white coats in the lab back there. Yeah, it's not what I mean. Um, one of, one of the things I'm struggling with is I'm trying to help people, and they they're they're dancing around in ideas. And they haven't quite taken ownership of the idea that they're an entrepreneur, that they are a business owner, because they haven't figured out what the idea is. So I've stepped back and said, look, you are a business owner. And by the way, I'm not wordsmithing this. This is just true. You are a business owner right now. And by the way, you are also. So I'm talking to other people. I say this, but I'm saying it to you. You are a business owner. If you have money coming in for anything, you are a business owner. Or if you're thinking about how to make money come in from something, you are a business owner. Or maybe you have a day job. By the way, if you have a day job, if you know my company of one philosophy, you're a business owner because there's money coming in, you're serving the public or you're serving somebody. But if you're trying to create a company, whether you're trying to sell your art, you're trying to do uh, you know, do lawn care on the side, you're trying to uh, sell courses, no matter what you're trying to do, if you're thinking your head through that, you are a company in the research and development phase. Right? You don't have any customers yet. You don't have any specific products yet. You don't have uh, any revenue or income or anything like that. But you're kind of sitting there thinking, what can I sell? Uh, I like doing X. How can I sell that? Uh, I like helping people. How do I make money doing that? You know, And you're probably struggling through some of those questions. Most of us do. When you're in that phase that you're thinking, I want to start a business, what can I do? You are a business. In the research and development phase i always you know like to use this analogy just because it makes fun of congress <laughs> but if uh if you take a company like a chick-fil-a even if you're familiar with chick-fil-a they they're a fast food restaurants everything is based upon chicken everything's chicken they sell no beef or anything like that if congress outlawed the sale of chicken tomorrow And that's funny because Congress does crazy things in the United States and no matter what country you live in, your government might do stupid, crazy things for stupid, crazy reasons. But if that happens, Chick-fil-A would suddenly find themselves a zero revenue company. They suddenly would have no money coming in the door and nothing to sell. Now, what's going to happen is they move very, very quickly back into the research and development mode very heavy. They're still a company. They're still operational. They just don't have anything to sell yet. And if you are thinking about starting a company, that's the mode you're in. You're you're operational, you just don't have anything to sell yet. So I call that the research and development phase. So when you're trying to find new ideas and you're trying to think about, you start to struggle with this pricing. I can't charge people for that. You know, and so um, a lot of times I'm ending up coaching people uh, I was on a call last night and a guy said, I really have a heart for helping the inner city kids. Uh, and and I want to teach them. He had an engineering background. I want to teach them science and math and really help them grow. And huge opportunity there, right? Because there's a lot of talent pool uh, in the inner cities. Uh, or maybe not just the inner cities, but the, that was his pick. But there's, there's a lot of talent pool there that's kind of untapped uh, because educational systems and d- various dynamics. And he, he f- thinks that's where his passion is. Matter of fact, he said, you know, Dale, if I would just quit everything, if I wasn't doing my day job, this is what I would do. Now, how about you? Do you have something like that that's kind of that tugging at that heartstrings that you would do? Because if you do, you're probably on to a business idea, except in that research and development phase, you might say what he said. You're probably thinking that in your mind right now. I can't charge for that. That's exactly what he said. You can't charge people for that. I want to do it for free. I want to be a nonprofit. You want to do stuff like that. So we go through this. I can't charge people for that. Excuse number one, they won't pay. Uh, There was another guy on there who said, you know, I'm a musician. You know, I love music. I'll play play music all night tonight. After I get off this call, I'll go play music. That's just what I love to do. And, you know, but I don't want to be a starving artist. I can't get paid for that. I can't charge for that. I can't make money for that, you know. um, uh, another person that I've been working with, you know, wants to help people who have healthcare issues, you know, and and they know how to walk them through some of the medical things that are going on that the doctors and nurses don't do. How can you come alongside somebody that's suffering a healthcare issue and not be their doctor or their nurse, but to help walk them through what to expect uh, what the doctor means when they say this, how, what kind of diets and exercises that will help you because you've experienced it. You know, common sense stuff that's not very common, right? And you would say, matter of fact, I've heard this just the other day, I can't charge for that. It's a ministry. So we go through that. As we're thinking in the R&D stage, we go through that thinking, Another place I find this thinking, besides the R and D, is when we have an, a, what I call a buying encounter. All right? Someone says, by the way, I, I love this one, and, and and lots of business owners love this one. <laughs> Can I pick your brain? I would like to go to lunch with you and pick your brain. Now, what that says when somebody, if everybody, anybody ever says that to you about anything, ever there's a money flow opportunity there. It's kind of hard to find it in that to turn that conversation around. But you're probably thinking, I can't charge for that. And I know several, several business owners right now that are struggling with that, uh, that are that are consultants especially, and they're, you know, people ask, say hey, I want to go pick your brain, and they're like, they, they kind of know in the back of their head that they should be charging for this, and they know they're going to sit down and have coffee and give them everything they know because that's what's in their heart, right? and you probably do that, if I sat down with you and said, hey, let me pick your brain about something you're really good at or something you're really passionate about, you would tell me everything, not because you care so much about me, but because you care about the topic. You care about, and you kind of want to help me, right? Do you feel that way? And then in the back of your head, you you might think sometimes, this is valuable information. You may not, but that's that's part of the challenge but it is if i am bothering to listen to you maybe i've bothered to buy you coffee or buy you lunch maybe i've bothered to drive to your location or fly to your location if i'm taking the time out to listen to you there's value there except you can't charge for that All right how do i and i got that very question the other day they I'm sitting down with all these people. How do I turn the conversation around and start to charge for that? We'll deal with that another time. How do you turn that around? But right now, just get your head through. How do you, you know, I can't charge for that. And that's what they're saying. I can't charge when people are just asking me questions. So where's the dividing line between me just answering questions and me delivering service? There's a buying encounter. Another another buying encounter is somebody say, you tell somebody everything and that you know about a subject you know maybe maybe you've come to me because you've seen that i've uh, because i'm i like to do handy projects around the home not me but i mean if i did and you came to my home and i invited you over um you know and you're seeing hey i got this cool deck i built and it's just awesome and it's, you know, it's got neat lighting and, and musical stuff on there. And you say, Dale, how did you do that? You know, let me pick your brain about that. And I sit down and I tell you everything, right? Because I'm passionate about it. I thought it was awesome. And you're asking me to talk about my project. Awesome. I want to talk about that. And after a while, your eyes kind of glaze over because you came to me wanting a deck like mine. And then I'm telling you all the activity that went in to build that deck and you say something like i can't do all that or that's too much that's a lot harder than it seemed right we've had these conversations before and you've had them with friends and you've been on both sides of them there's a buying opportunity right that's and all you would be people are saying i can't charge for that still so that's going in the back of your head the other is they start telling you what somebody comes to you and starts telling you what they're doing and they ask what you think about that there's a buying opportunity. Now as I'm talking kind of in the world of consulting and buying opportunities, but I kind of want you what the reason I'm kind of giving these buying opportunity statements is I want you to think about uh, if you're kind of struggling about starting a business, I want you to be thinking about um, buying opportunities when what people are saying to you because people, I don't know about you, but people just don't knock on my door or call me up and say, Dale, I want to buy something from you. You got anything to sell? You know, I just don't have that happen very often. I'm I'm assuming you don't either. Uh, You know, unless you have a big store sign up or something, you know, maybe we have that. But just as an individual, we don't have that. So what you're looking for here is signals of buying opportunities. When they come to you, and they are coming to you, by the way, if you're a human and you're breathing and you talk to anyone, I think I've kind of... To find you, I hope. <laughs> you have buying opportunities coming to you. I guarantee it. They are coming to you. I don't know what they are, you know, for your particular I don't walk around with you all day, but they're coming to you. If I did walk around with you all day, I could probably spot some of them. Somebody else could spot more than me. Maybe your best friend is spotting some, but they are coming to you. What's but it's the messages that are going on in your mind are keeping you from seeing them, and one of those messages you feel guilty about charging money for that. Right. So these these are when these messages start to come. So let's let's talk about the messages a little bit. Um, what are these guilt messages? So I've kind of talked about the opportunities I tend to see them in. You know, you're, you're kind of in your own R&D, your encounters. But let's talk about the guilt messages themselves. Why do you have these guilt messages? Uh, number one, or kind of the first category of them I, I would call, these kind of come in two categories, I would call expectations. The minute I start paying you you are accountable. All right? Free advice is free and if you take it or you leave it, if you show up to give it to me and if you show up, you know, if we go and have coffee, hey, you know, and I come to you and I'm going to pick your brain and you show up late, yeah, you're not really accountable. You're giving it away for free. All right? Or if you don't really deliver that great or if you say to me, Hey, Dale, I'll, I'll send you that email with the details on how to build that deck. And you don't because you forgot. Or you send it two weeks later. You're not really accountable, right? You made a promise. Sure, but not really. You're not accountable. I didn't pay you. And you might even say that. He's not paying me. right? So you have this expectations game. So there, there's there's a... And you can call it it guilt or you can call it fear of the minute I start charging people, I become accountable to them, which is true. So, but there's that fear, there's that guilt. Um, Another expectations issue that's kind of the flip side of that is, is you think it's of no value to you. Right? Right. Give you an example of that. If I was awesome at, at cleaning closets, Slim, I, I'm that neat freak. I'm not, but you know, you come over to my house and I've got a closet and it's just awesomely clean, and you're walking around. Wow, Dale, this is awesome. You're how do you how do you organize closets and stuff like that, you know? And and you're asking me, and I'm kind of talking like, it's nothing. Just you know, go over to the Home Depot or Lowe's and buy this stuff and hang it up. And you're standing there. No, 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 Dale. That's no, no. Tell me more. A lot of times when I see things that you have done awesome or vice versa, you don't value them. You don't value what you know how to do so well that you think everybody knows how to do it. Let me say that again. You do not value what you think everybody should know how to do. In other words, you think it's easy and you think it's obvious and it adds little value to talk about it. This is probably one of the big ones. I, I can't charge people for what's so obvious and easy. This is a piece of cake. There's nothing to it. I hear that all of the time from entrepreneurs. There's some While you're sitting there saying this is a piece of cake, it's easy. Some other nutcase is going out there writing a book about it, speaking about it, getting paid for it, building courses on it building companies around it, they are charging for what you thought was obvious. All of the time. Every single day. If you find something that's obvious to you, that adds little value, and yet people are asking you about it, you're, you know, I'm, I'm calling that a guilt message. It may be a fear message, whatever, but you're, what you're thinking is, my knowledge of cleaning closets my knowledge of cooking my knowledge of these things is of so little value I can't charge for it that's what you're thinking because it means is nothing but that's not true uh, but we'll get to the not true in a minute um uh, the the other kind of expectations game here in the guilt message in this category of expectations and, and I'm trying to put these in categories kind of to and it was to help me think about it but uh, is you're fearful you can't deliver. Um, so you you start a company, and I ran into this with a, a friend of mine the other day, and she was talking about helping people with um, diabetes, and she had experience with that through her own life. And... And she knew things that they needed to know to help them exercise, to help them eat better. You know, again, things that the doctors may tell you, but they don't tell you the whole story. They don't even know the whole story, I think. And she was like, there's just tons and tons of information. So we started talking about this. And she was like, well, I can't charge people for that. It's kind of a ministry. It's something I do to serve people. Okay. She said, also, I just don't think I know enough. I don't think I know enough. There's a sign of an expert. Somebody who's not sure they know enough and they see they got 27 things left to learn. And as soon as they learn those 27 things, there's 27 more. That's somebody who's going to keep learning and keep growing. That's an expert. That's the opposite of, I think I know it all who you never want to listen to that person, right? You never want to listen to the person who thinks they know it all. Go to a medical doctor, they never act like they know everything. Well, some of them might, but they don't know everything. So that fearful you can't deliver what you think they want. Because here's how it works. If, I, if I'm, if let me go back to the deck building example. If if you say, Dale, this is awesome deck. This is really, really cool. Um, I have, and you say, can you come? And you told me, come over to my house, Dell, I'll pay you money, you build me a deck. And, and assuming I like that business, I wanna do that, I come to your house, I build you a deck. Part of the fear that's going on in my mind as the business owner is I can't deliver what you want. Even though you haven't said you wanted it, because my idea of a perfectly built deck, because this is something I love to do and something I'm good at, is way beyond yours. I'm thinking about every screw and every nail and every board has to be perfect, and you're just thinking about I want a cool deck to stand on as long as it's sturdy and all that stuff. A lot of the details that I care about for perfection, you don't even notice, and that's how experts are. Is is uh, because you're an expert, you're so you think you can't deliver, and most people don't want all that; they just want it done. I mean, the, the, the example I can always give people is uh, I had a lawn care company and the guy was very proud of his lawn care co- equipment and he had gone out and bought all this zero turn radius and all this kind of stuff. And he talked about how he, he could mow the grass and do all this stuff. And I'm like, you know, I don't care. I don't remember telling him, I said, you know, what I care about is shorter grass. Can you make the grass shorter? Period. That's all I needed. I didn't need all of the other bells and whistles that he was worried about. And if you're in a business and if you're thinking about business, if you're in that R&D mode, those expectations you have on yourself for delivering puts guilt there. You don't think enough. So you're just going to give it away for free because it's not good enough. So, But there's that first set of uh, guilt messages. Another set of guilt messages comes from what's called the zero-sum game. Now, if you've ever played poker or something like that, you know that as, as, the, as we're sitting around the table, bets are placed, one person wins, everybody else loses, right? One person takes it all. That's a zero-sum game. There's one winners that takes the money from the others. Um, that, that's what the way we think business happens. Now, there is a great book, that that uh, I would highly recommend is called "Thou Shall Prosper," and uh, I'll put I'll put a link to that on the show notes. "Thou Shall Prosper" talks about how we are programmed to div- to uh, to think money's evil, kind of, and I'll, I'll hit that in a minute. But we do we think that way. We think that um, we think that the things is zero sum game, and you may think that's not you. You are not programmed. Read the book. I think you'll be surprised at how many messages come to you in movies and television and all that—that—that that, that does that. It gets you thinking that way. I'm not going to go into that because the book does a great job of it. But what we're thinking is when I want to charge people money for their products and ser- for my products and services, I'm thinking, well, they need their money. Again, the guy that's trying to help the inner city kids with math and science—they need their money. They're broke already. They don't have they don't have a big pile of money to spend we're not talking about the wealthy areas and he actually used those words to me they don't have any money uh, they are you you might also think they are not making good decisions with their money right uh, because if they're buying my products and services and at the price I need to charge for them let's say that he goes in and does math and science education to the inner cities it's going to cost and, and he let's, let's say he builds a course where he's going to teach high school physics and calculus just to make up something it's going to cost him thousands of dollars to do that his time and in his energy and the things he's got to do to, to make that happen he's going to have to charge hundreds of thousands of dollars he may think that those people are making bad decisions with their money because they need to go put food on the table. They need to pay their rent. They need to pay their mortgage. They need to pay their car payment. What else they need to pay? He may know a little bit about their situations to know they can't use that money for him because they need it for their, Therefore, he needs to give his products and services away. You see the line of thinking I'm talking about? That he's thinking through that they are making some bad decisions with money if they buy from him. Uh, we also think in the zero-sum game, Uh, is that rich people get rich by taking advantage of other people. Now that's, you see that all the time. People get rich by taking advantage of other people. Uh, So that's part of that guilt message. Because what the guilt is, I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be that person that's seen as taking advantage of other people. And I don't want to feel like I'm taking advantage of other people. Okay, so that's the guilt message. And that, all that can be summed up there is we have the money is evil mentality again thou shall prosper is a book if you if you have any ounce of thinking that or even if you don't go check out that book go read it and you may realize how twisted your thinking has become from the media from the television from from the just the messages that are coming in your mind even music <clears throat> basically you know if and if any of you ever watch a movie the big corporate guy is always the evil person, and the one that's kind of the underdog is always the broke person. Almost always. You see that message over and over and over again in the movies. And we cheer for the underdog, right? And we hate the rich corporate guy. Always the way it is. But that's not how reality is. That's just not how that works. So, but these guilt messages, so, so. Here's kind of the encounters we talked about that you find these messages coming to you. And when these messages, these are kind of the messages that pop up. Now, you may have some other ones too, but these are the ones I find over and over again is uh, that's causing the guilt. So how do we deal with this? Uh, how, and let's kind of deal with the reality too. We need to think about, you need to think about, you need to think about how do you replace these thoughts and feelings? First, you need to be realistic and realize that everyone has a gift to serve. Everyone has a gift to serve others. Yes, I'm talking to you. Everyone has a gift. Now, in that gift, you should be able to charge money for it because that is how we exchange things. We used to do things with our gifts. We used to, I would go give you a gift, whether it was a product or it came, did something for you and you would give me a goat or a pig, right? We're not doing that anymore. And that's a thank you, right? If I came to you and did something, and we do this all the time, if you think about somebody, if you go and do something for somebody, they may gift you. They may give you a gift. They may buy you a dinner. They may buy you a six-pack of beer, whatever the case is. we And you're perfectly okay with that. But it's actually easier in our societies for me to hand you money than to hand you a goat. Matter of fact, if I handed you a goat, you probably don't know what to do with it, would you? But it's easier. It's easier for me to hand you money than to go buy you dinner. It's easier for me to hand you money than go buy you a case of beer. It, all of that's easier because money is easy. And that's the whole point. It is a thank you. It is a thank you for serving me. Every time money flows, somebody has been served. Right? So... Think of money coming to you is a thank you. You have put joy and a gift in someone's life, and that's their way of thanking you. That's also their way of reminding you, please be available to do it again. So let's also be clear on how you can serve. How can you be clear on, you know, on how you can serve them. So, it, you know, it may seem limiting to you, but not to them. So um, one of the things we get into, especially consulting, is this kind of, I'm going to walk in the door of this company. Like I'm talking to a company right now, and uh, they're a very large company. Um, very large company that has more vice presidents than, well, you know, you know the kind of company I'm talking about. And they're asking me to come help them with a very, Big strategic problem for the corporate-wide problem. Uh, you know, in the part of me, there's this overwhelming sense because you know how these companies operate is, is everything ties to everything and it becomes you got to solve all their problems. But I don't. I don't have to solve all their problems. They need really one thing. And what I have to get in my head, see, I struggle with this. What I have to get in my head and is being really, really clear on how I can help them. I, I'm not going to solve all their problems. They don't even want me to try to solve all their problems. But they do need something specific. So I'm listening. I'm trying to understand what it is they're saying and what they really need and what they really want. So it's if you think about a contract, right? If, if you take your car into the shop because uh, it needs tires, you know, you don't expect them to clean the car and uh, wash the car and, you know, program your radio and, you know, do all of that stuff. What you expect is to get new tires. You have these expectations, but you, if, when you go and pay for a service, but when, if they brought the car to you and you're kind of in a business starting, that's kind of what you're thinking like. You've got to do it all. No, you don't have to do it all. You've got to serve what they need. So if somebody needs help, and you can help them clean their closet or organize their closet, you don't have to tell them where to put all the other stuff. That's their problem. They're not paying you for that. That's not even your expertise. Your expertise is organizing the closet. If they're asking you to bake a cake, you don't need to come organize their kitchen. You don't need to teach them how to be on a diet. And these may sound silly, but... That's how we think when we get into these things. We think we have to over deliver to some extreme. No, we got to be limiting in the sense of what we can do and what we cannot do. In in a in the business world, we would call this a contract. You know, it's a scope of the work. Here's what I'll do, which is kind of saying, here's what I won't do. When somebody comes and mows my grass, I don't expect them to clean my gutters and cut the shrubs and. And do all that other stuff unless we've discussed it. You know, if I, if I, and I might walk out there, you know, tomorrow and say, hey, while you're here, how much would you charge to trim up the hedges? Fair conversation. He might say $100. I don't know what he'll say. He might say, I don't do that. Both of those are fair, right? So. Part of of what you've got to do to kind of get past these limiting beliefs and these guilt feelings is be clear about what you can deliver and what you can't deliver. If you're helping somebody through a health issue, you can't solve all their family conflicts and crises probably, but you can help them with what to expect, how to eat, how to diet. Or maybe you can't. You need to be clear on what it is you know and what you can do, and you just communicate that. This is just communicate. And so it's an it's an expectations game between you and them, and it also this is, um, this is accountability. Be accountable. What's wrong with that? You remember I said one of the one of the challenges we have on an encounter is that we don't want to be account- accountable. Be accountable. It's okay. Matter of fact, if you and I sit down and I promised, you know, I said, hey, you know, I'll send you a. I'll send you a copy of that book we talked about. Uh, You know, and if if we were talking about Thou Shalt Prosper, and I'll say, Yeah, I've got a copy of that book, I'll bring it to you. I just made a promise, right? Now, I know in our society we don't look like that. I just said I would do it, but it's my words. Therefore, I promised you. I should be held accountable. But we have this thinking, Well, I don't have to do it because I wasn't paid for it. Well, I promised it. I do have to do it. So you might as well be accountable. You might as well you know, be paid for your services and be held accountable for what you do. I think it actually adds value to you, not just monetarily. It adds value to you because you want to deliver to these people that, are, that you're serving. And that's one of the things you want and I want to serve customers well. Right? You do. You want to serve them so well, you want to give them everything for free. So serve them well. And this is one of the things that... Here, this last thing, let me, do, let me just hammer this one really hard to you. You need to respect other people. And let them make their own decision. You need to respect other people and let them make their own decision. Right? What do I mean by that? You and I, we're so busy thinking about what we have to offer. Other people can't afford it. The inner city guy, math and science, they can't afford it. He's making their decision for them. How cocky is that for you to be? say that what I'm telling you that you've asked me about, if, if, if I come to you and I'm getting help from you or you can help me and you think, I don't have the money to pay or I don't have the ability to pay or I shouldn't pay for it or if it's of no value, quit making my decisions for me. Quit being arrogant because that's what you're being. You're just being arrogant because you are refusing to serve me and things I need and I am willing to pay for because you are making my decision that I cannot pay. I remember some of you... uh, uh, Ken, and his name just left me. Ken's a public speaker, public comedian in churches. Um, And I remember his agent, his, his speaking agent, telling me he got this phone call. Now, first, the speaking agent said, here's how I book speaking gigs for Ken, is when somebody calls and says, hey, we would love Ken to come speak at our church or do this comedy event or whatever. When somebody calls, what he would do is he said, you know, I would start out and say, tell me about the event, tell me where it is, tell me when it is, Tell me who's going to be there. In other words, let me get the details. So I need to know dates and stuff like that. And he says, once I've got all that and they've kind of talked through it a bit, he says, for that kind of event, we normally charge Ken charges this. Okay, so it's kind of a sales process. Tell me about the event, let's talk about it, and then for that kind of event, now there's reasons he uses these words, we won't go into that right now, but for that kind of event, Ken charges this. So he gets this. So Ken goes and speaks at this church, and this old lady, clearly elderly lady, calls the agent, and the agent's talking to her, and she she says, "I want Ken to come. We've got a birthday party for a dear friend, and I want Ken to come speak." Now Ken charges, you know, at this point in time in today's dollars, I'm sure he charges ten thousand dollars or more to speak. So just put into context. This is not a cheap guy that's going to come. So. The agent is sitting there thinking to himself, same thing that we're talking about, right? He's thinking to himself, oh, I feel so bad because, you know, I, I feel guilty trying to charge this lady money and I'm going to have to tell her no uh, because there's no way we can do this, and if we don't, we're gonna do it for free, and Ken's gonna be mad at me. And you know, all this is going through his head, he's not saying this, but he's just so he says, You know, I'm just he says, I'm kind of said a little prayer and said, Okay, well, I'm just gonna walk through the script. So he asked the lady, tell me about it. Oh, it's it's my bear, dear friend and he's turning 80 or something, you know, and he's going to have a birthday party and there's going to be, you know, a hundred people at the event. And we love Ken's comedy so much and his Christian comedy. We want him to come talk. and So you get the idea, right? He's getting all this information and he's still, he says, all in my head is going through all this stuff that this lady can't afford it. She doesn't understand what she's getting into. Uh, this guy's way out of the league of what she needs. He's way out of the league. He said, he so I just bit my tongue and said, well, ma'am, for that kind of event, Ken normally charges this. And I don't know what the figure at the time was, but let's just say today it's $10,000. Okay. For a birthday party, right? You're getting the idea. Uh so he said there was this silence at the end of the phone, and he just he, he said my heart was breaking because this lady had her heart set on Ken coming, and I, this you know my heart was breaking because I just knew that she was going to be upset. And she came, she she was kind of silent, and she said, "Okay, where do I send a check?" So she sent a check for ten thousand dollars, and his his message. To to every to us, as he was talking, was don't prejudge people. Don't make their decisions. It was up to her. He says, even though I was biting my tongue and didn't want to tell her, he said, I realized I was violating my own rule. She needs to make her own decision. This is the value that Ken offers when he speaks. This is what he gets paid. This is what he does for a living. This is how he does it. There's plenty of people that want to pay him money. Let her make the decision. And he did. And she paid. You've got to respect your customers. Let them make a decision about paying you. Look, what you have is a value. What you have is a value. There's something you have. As a matter of fact, there's more that you have of value than you even know it. You need to be okay charging for it. Now, I can talk forever about the other side of this, but I will say this. People only value what they pay for. So let me ask you this question. What have you gotten for free that you value? What have you gotten for free that you value? Somebody asked me that question the other day and the only answer I can give is salvation through Christ. That's free gift. matter of fact, that says that in the Bible. it's a free gift of God. So after I got through saying that, he said, okay, what else? And I started waffling around trying to think about it because was he was challenging me with the same thing I'm t- challenging you with today. I didn't have an answer because most stuff I get for free ends up in the trash. Right? If I go to an event and they hand me a little flyer Uh, you know, little, you know, pages that are stapled together or has a coil bound. Matter of fact, I'm sitting here looking at one right now. I just came from a conference I paid money to go to, real money. So it cost me about $1,000 to go to this conference. It's still on my desk with the notes in it. I value that. I don't know why. It's not significantly different than if you invited me to a free event, free, and you gave it to me, but because it was free, I would have thrown it away by now. Matter of fact, I may not have attended because I might have thought, well, I got something else to do that day, it's free anyway, I'm not going to go. So think about that. What have you gotten for free that you value when you're doing your products and services? You don't need to feel guilty about making money. As a matter of fact, that's people saying thank you. So all the links, all resources, everything I mentioned in this, and some extra other podcast episodes that are related to this, and related to the series we're talking about. The series: the four challenges of getting you started in your business, and that's this is the this is the third one, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, this is number three of four. Uh, next week, we will be talking about how to find the time to start your business. So the links to those can all be found at one, one slash 113, 113, delkelahancom slash 113 for episode 113. Remember to subscribe to the podcast. Leave a review. I mean, awesome. I really, really appreciate it. Shoot me an email if you do and just let me know. I want to say thank you for that um, because... It, we don't always see I can't tell all the time who leads a review because of the weird coding on the things. We don't have emails or anything. So so let me know. That'd be awesome. Uh And remember also to check out uh, the Building Your Own Business course. You may not be wanting to do that right now. I don't know. I'm I'm not going to make your decision for you. But check it out. Just look at what we're doing, kind of how we walk you through things. Even just looking at the process and how we do things might help you right now if you're thinking about starting a business. Uh, So check it out and see what's going on. So thank you so much for uh, being here. Thank you so much for listening. looking forward to being with you next time.